Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 183. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing there, Kevin? I'm doing pretty good. This week we'll be getting a double dose of Evil Children with reviews of Hellions and Cooties. And of course we'll also be talking about some of them watching, this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, DVD and Blu-ray releases. Thank you so much for being with us. Whether you're watching us on the live stream or watching the replay or listening to the audio version, we're excited to have you. You can tune in every Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Eastern if you want to uh, watch the live show. And if you if you want to let us know what you think of the movies we're talking about, feel free to drop a comment or message in the YouTube chat. We'll be keeping Ooh. an eye on that. Um, I think we can just dive into our first review. I don't think uh, I don't think I have any other additional business this week before. Usually, I have yeah. something to say. We're we're light on business today. Yeah, business. pretty oh. pr- right. pretty light on business. Uh, I have a couple new episodes of Film Pulse plays out this week. I've played the Frozen game for Xbox One. That was pretty terrible. It was just like a match three style game. You can watch me play that. I came out with uh, the Maze Runner video. That was a pretty. That was a mobile game. Played that on my iPhone. It was pretty pretty boring. Um, <laughs> this week, this week I'll be playing the Hotel Transylvania game for the DS. So, yeah, that's that'll be pretty pretty fun. So check that out. Let's go ahead and dive into our first review. We're talking about Hellions. This is directed oh by. Bruce McDonald stars Chloe Rose, Robert Patrick. I have a synopsis here. A teenager must survive a Halloween night from hell when malevolent trick-or-treaters come knocking at her door. Bruce McDonald, same director as Pontypool. I was a big fan of Pontypool. I think you were, too. Yeah, that's why I was kind of excited for this. Same here. Same here. Uh, I'll start this one off since I wrote a review for Cooties. Um, Hellions, like we just said, I was excited for it. Let down. I was let down with Hellions. Oh, no. It started off good. I, I liked the setup. You know, it's this this girl. She is 17 years old. She just finds out she's pregnant. Uh, she it, It's Halloween night. She's at home alone. Trick-or-treaters are coming up to the, her door. And these weird kids in costumes uh, start to sort of terrorize her. Love that setup. I'm mm-hmm, digging mm-hmm. it. Yeah. At first, at first... I liked the cinematography in this movie a lot. I thought it looked really good at first. The way that everything was framed, it it, it looked very stylized, and I was kind of I was kind of digging it. After a while, however, there's this weird, like sepia tone almost. Oh, we go filter heavy. Filter that happens, and this this takes place at nighttime. But every time she goes outside, it's bright as fuck out there. And it's like this weird grayish hue, and that turned me off big time. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, Kevin. What were your initial thoughts on Hellions? I was, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I was pleasantly surprised. Wow. I did a quick look because I wasn't quite sure what Hellions was, but I remembered that I was kind of excited for it. So quick check on Letterboxd. Okay, it's the guy directed Pontypool. That's what it was, you know. It's, and then I was ready to do this. But then, you know, I caught a glimpse of the ratings and everyone's like one star, half star, one and a half star. And I'm like, oh, 
shit. Mm. What am I getting myself into? But, you know, settled myself in, and I thought, okay, if this turns out to be terrible, I'm just going to have a good time just making fun of this fucker. That's what we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. So, pop the popcorn, get going, and uh, kind of loved it. Wow. Kind of loved it. Uh, That's great. Like you, like you said, the style. Oh, boy. There's so much style in this son of a bitch. See, I, d- I, I loved it. I even loved the filters. I just, you know, it had such a different look to it. It definitely looked different. That's for and sure. The, frame, the framing is interesting throughout. Yeah, um, yeah. The effects when she has that like windstorm going through her house, where the and that's kind of when the filters come in. Mm-hmm. I just thought all of that was fantastic. When she goes outside, it looks gorgeous. Uh, the only thing that kind of that kind of dampened the mood was the the pumpkin patch exploding. Oh yeah, I mean, that... <laughs> that's what that was. Uh, that kind of really dampened the mood. Yeah. I did. I didn't quite understand what was going on, and it just looked awful. Yeah, and it kept happening, and we kept coming back to it. Yeah, that that doesn't look great. Uh, we, I I really wish that that uh, was cut out of there. There's some uh, kind of After Effects explosions going on yeah. in, in that. You know, and then there's like uh, number one, you have the explosions don't look good. They don't sound good. Um, the effects are awful, and at the same time too like the cinematography during that period you have like the the cameras trembling mm, like there's mm-hmm, tremors mm-hmm. from the explosions and just none of that worked it yeah. just it it looked it looked quite bad well it's interesting though because the 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 effects work in the rest of the movie is pretty good i thought mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of practical effects in this and there's a lot of kind of gross you know gore stuff that happens too and I thought, and even when they were showing the baby in the womb, that like when they would do that, when they would cut to that, I thought that looked pretty good. And that's yeah, that, that, looked, that was interesting. There's a shit ton of gorgeous imagery in this yeah. movie, and that's what that's what hooked me and kept me on board because the story itself is kind of like you said, the setup premise is pretty good. It's interesting, and the kids are creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put really, a burlap sack over anyone, and it's creepy. Really instantly. good. Good creature design on that, on the uh, costumes. And then you just keep multiplying, and there's more and more. And then, you know, halfway through it, there's that weird thing where they kind of, you know, they they age quickly. Like, they start to grow, and they're bigger. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was just—they were creepy. And I love the the sound design too with the kids. It they have like the the children's choir or whatever, and they kind of over they layer it, and they distort it and fuck with it, almost like a Ganja and Hess type style, but it's with like a kids choir, which makes it even creepier because they're making weird ass noises and shit. I had a real problem with, uh, in addition to the the gray weird filter, I had a problem with the uh, the soundtrack, the score, the the it sounded like silent night that's what it and i kept thinking that this sounds like silent night but it was the the score it was kind of harkening back to an 80s horror movie where there would be this kind of iconic score that would that would play throughout the whole movie and for me the score this didn't work for me where See, maybe they, that's they, again they, maybe that's where it helps me a little bit because of my ignorance you know i, I don't have anything to point to like oh they're kind of ripping off this or well it's a poor man's version of this i just didn't like it it wasn't it wasn't that i felt like this movie was a ripoff or or doing something you know um 
worse than something from the 80s or anything like that. It was just that I did not like the score. Like, I didn't like it. They just didn't like it. Just, just flat didn't. out. Flat out didn't like the score because it sounded like Silent Night. And it kept bothering me because it sounded like <laughs> Silent Night. Also, the uh, another aspect of it I loved was the editing. Especially, like, the, towards the end where... It gets real surreal mm-hmm. towards the end. It's yeah, like, and, like, her face is all cut up and... Yeah, not they... Cut, cut up visually, not actually, like, cut up, you know, like, cut marks Right, and right. And then they, you know, they overlap and everything gets distorted. And, that was one yeah. kind of interesting thing they did there towards the end was it was almost like there were two realities happening at once. Yeah. And it would be, like, her doing something and then it would cut and it would be, like, her in the same position not not doing that and it was like almost as if there were two things happening concurrently you know when you know what i'm talking about when she's sitting on the on the stump with robert patrick yeah yeah i uh, thought that that was kind of interesting it it does get it it gets pretty trippy towards the end it does and that's when i really got into it yeah i figured you'd like because they you know they have all that the imagery is fantastic like i said the layering of the the music and the sound design and you get that editing going in there, and then you have that weird, creepy voice doing the, you know, blood for baby mm-hmm. shit. And the kids in the overhead of her in the pumpkin patch. Oh, man. And that, the, the, the scene with the cop car, you know, it's beeping and mm-hmm. sirens whelping and the smoke. Got the smoke coming out. And then all of a sudden, there's just a bunch of kids standing there. Fucking creepy kids. <laughs> Goddamn kids. Yeah, it just, uh, I don't know. I just wasn't that into it. I, I maybe it was that I had my hopes a little bit too high because the the posters and things for this looked pretty badass. The the one with her and the the shotgun. I was yeah. like, oh man, this this movie's gonna be pretty badass. Well, I enjoyed it. That's good. I was surprised. I mean, we were we were done with it, and you know, my wife's like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Uh, kind of loved it. <laughs> kind of loved it. Apparently, I'm the only one, but here I am." No, I think that's great. I didn't, I didn't despise it or anything. I didn't hate it. I, that's it, what I'm, I mean. I'm kind of confused as to the the hate that I'm seeing it for. I mean, I really didn't read the reviews. I just kind of, you know, saw the ratings. So I'm not 100 percent sure what their what their issues are. Because I mean, it does have its faults. I mean, there's some bad acting. The the guy that plays the doctor. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not great. Not oh great. Uh, but he gets dispatched of, so that kind of helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, every time he showed up, I was just like, "Please, just can we kill this guy? Can we kill this guy already?" Yeah, and you think you think that he's gonna die, and then you think, "Oh shit, he's not dead yet." But then you realize you're being tricked. <laughs> I think I was. I don't know. I might have been the only one that like when they kind of reveal his true nature, you're like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> Thank goodness. I thought he was back. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, just, to me, there's just there's a lot to like here. To me... Visually. I mean, it is a lot of it is... It's kind of style over substance. I mean... A little I'm, bit. Yeah, I'll, I mean... I'll readily admit that, but I, the style's good, so I'm in. I didn't read any other reviews on this either, so I'm I'm not sure what other people are having issues with. I would imagine a lot of people are comparing it to rosemary's baby and movies of that ilk the the demon baby subgenre yeah but it's not even I, I'm, I'm sure you're right too but i don't see any really correlations between the two 
outside of other than the other than the literal demon baby yeah (laughs) i mean that's it but is it even a demon baby well we don't know they leave it they leave it kind of open-ended there yeah and i mean that is again that's another kind of fault with the film is the what's going on the message of it and everything is a bit muddled i'm not 100 sure like yeah that we're really going for here like i kind of understand at first where she she gets into her like her angel costume Mm-hmm. So, like, all of a sudden, she's trying to go back to innocence, and she's, you know, all the kids are kind of dressed up, like, you know, the one kind of looks like Raggedy Ann, and, you know, they kind of, they're essentially, like you said, they're terrorizing her, so it's, like, they're trying to, you know, kill the innocence or whatever, but everything gets a bit muddled in the in the middle there, and definitely towards the end, but... Well, that's the like thing. Like I said, the style, though. Give me that style. I just, I felt like with a plot this loose i mean there there robert patrick sort of laid out the uh the backstory about this and maybe why this is happening but when you have something uh, a, a legend or whatever so loose um i feel like you need a little bit more closure at the end you need you need a little bit more of a kind of definitive conclusion to all of this yeah, I felt like it was a little bit too loosey goosey there at the end. Oh, a little loosey goosey. I was all right with the loosey goose, because again, the the style made up for a lot of a lot of it. Softened a lot of the the faults for me. I just man, that filter, that outside filter. Like, filter guy, I, it was cool. Uh, I thought I thought it was cool the first time they did it. I was like, oh man, that looks really crazy. That looks. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging that. But then when I realized that. That's what we're gonna stick with. We're gonna we're gonna leave it like that. I was like, "What is it like? Eleven thirty in the morning here? Why is it? Why is it so bright outside?" It's the blood moon and the the There's scene demon children. The the classic scene where she's caught in the endless maze of sheets on the clothesline. It's like, yeah, how many the... sheets are you washing here, lady? <laughs> you have you have like 30, 30 pairs of white sheets. It was sheet day, okay. Sheet day. Sheet day. You gotta wash them sheets. It was like it was like a she was like running a hospital or something. It's like does, fifty she, white sheets. She had a wealth of sheets. I will admit that. I will say that the uh, the character of of uh, Chloe Chloe Rose's character, the actions that she took, at least at the beginning, were all the right ones. Which was always that's yeah, always she's not, welcome. She's not stupid. Yeah. The first you thing know, she you're does. Spending your entire the entire movie going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, she tries to get out of the house. She tries to call the cops. She calls her mom. She does everything right. And then when Robert Patrick shows up, he she's like, we got to get out of here. And he's like, no, no, we're going to look around. I want to investigate this. Let's see what's up. And she's like, no, we need to leave. <laughs> of course, it didn't work out for her, but. Well. No, no, sure didn't. And it's even worse because he even knows. Yeah, he knows what's up. But I guess he was trying to get some revenge. He's like, oh, about fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. And again, that's something that I thought was... I, I like they included that, that they linked that. But again, but yeah, you're it right. just it is wasn't... Kind of loosey-goosey there with that. They, you know, because that was interesting, but then they didn't really go too far with it. Yeah. That's where, you know, they're walking through the woods, and it's just like, oh, my house. It's like, uh... Yeah, that was... That, <laughs> that was after stuff got started getting a little bit... Yeah, more that's, surreal, a little bit more uh, weird. And I like that. Count me in. Let's get weird. It it definitely wasn't what I expected 
this movie. That's, that's no, sure. not at all. Not at all. I was not expecting this at all. But then again, with with Bruce McDonald, we probably should expect something different at this point. I mean, Pontypool was like nothing that I could have expected. Yeah. In a, in a really good way. Yeah, it's uh, man, I like this one. I liked it. All right. What are you going to be one of my favorite horror movies of the year? Wow. I've, yeah, throwing that's that a, out there. That's impressive. I, I mean, I've only seen like four. But <laughs> still. I mean, did you like this more than Goodnight Mommy? Um, in a way, yeah. Wow. In a way. That's great. That's great. Uh, style-wise, you know, because you know me, I'm, I'm I'm about imagery. I'm all about the imagery. Yeah, this this so is... I would I would definitely if you if you came to me right now and you're like, okay, you have to rewatch one of these, Goodnight Mommy or Hellions, which one do you want to watch? Nine times out of ten I'm gonna pick Hellions. Well, Hellions is more fun too. That's that's yeah, the that's, other thing. Yeah, I mean it true. it definitely has the the comedy of a classic horror movie. Like an eighties horror movie. There's there's comedy in there. Fucking kids, man. Yeah, especially when she salts up the shotgun shells. But man, oh, she yeah. really she really screws that up when she's in the sheet maze and she's just willy nilly blowing yeah, those just, shotgun yeah, you're shells. Just, you're just wasting shells left and right. Come on. Yeah. I guess the the panicking and the the fear got to her. So she's she's going wild. With I, it. Yeah, I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing. However, yeah, I would I would be I would probably just run around screaming. I would I would be cognizant that it was Halloween night and that trick-or-treaters are out everywhere. I'd be really paranoid that I was going to shoot a regular kid. <laughs> she, she's just shooting kids and asking questions later, right? By the looks of it, there's only one cop in the, in the town. So, I mean... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just got to take care of business. You just got to shoot every kid you see at that point. <laughs> just start you know. blasting. Uh, all right. What are you going to give Hellions out of 10? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm like a seven and a half, eight. That's. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Oh, well, you gave, you gave Goodnight Mommy an eight and a half, so. Oh, shit. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. I mean, you can. Obviously, they're they're very different movies. You can rate them differently. Yeah, I'm gonna go an eight. I'm gonna give it an eight. Wow, that that's crazy. I'm gonna give Hellions a five and a half. <laughs> that <laughs> might, I think that might be the furthest apart we've been in a while. You, usually, we're pretty close. And usually, when we're far apart, it's with horror movies, and you're rating higher, yeah. and I'm rating lower. Like this is. This is new territory right here. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a first, definitely a first. We just made history, our history. A lot of times, also when when you decide to see like a big big budget blockbuster type movie, you end up rating it higher than me too. A lot of times, like Man of Steel and Godzilla. Yeah, I guess that, and I'm you know, is that one of those things where the ignorance kind of helps? Maybe, almost, maybe. I don't, I don't really think so in this case. I think maybe with the the popcorn flicks, probably, but yeah. in this case, I don't think so. Usually, at that point in time, when I'm going to a popcorn flick like that, I just I'm I'm just looking to be entertained. Yeah, like you're on board, you're in it, you're in it, and it to just win it, it delivers because I'm in the right mood. I think in this case with Hellions, uh, you really liked the style, and you were able to overlook some of the yeah, other shortcomings. <laughs> 
And I just, I wasn't as into the style. Like I said, I did, at the beginning, I was loving the visuals. I was like, holy shit, this movie looks great. But, yeah, because there's a lot of shortcomings that I, I definitely, I'm glossing over and I'm just kind of ignoring. The only one that I can't ignore and gloss over is the, the pumpkins exploding. That's yeah, the only one that, I'm like, yeah, your style doesn't extend that far. I'm sorry. And, and that's a shame too, because they could have taken that out and wouldn't Easily. have changed anything. No, it wouldn't really affected anything like at all. Like the, the pumpkin patch exploding was just extraneous. <laughs> Definitely. All right. That's Hellions. You can check that out in limited release and on video on demand right now. Let's talk about some cooties. So this, cooties. this is directed by Jonathan Malott and Carrie Mernian. This <laughs> stars Elijah Wood, Allison Pill, Rain Wilson... Jack McBrayer, Lee Wanell, Nassim Pedrad, Ian Brennan, uh, uh, Jorge Garcia is in there. Good number of people in this one. I have a synopsis here. A mysterious virus hits an isolated elementary school, transforming the kids into a feral swarm of mass savages. An unlikely hero must lead a motley band of teachers in the fight of their lives. So I saw this one... In, at Sundance 2014, so this was uh, this was a long time ago, back in January of 2014, wow. <laughs> almost two years ago. Uh, however, I did rewatch it because, and this is something we'll probably talk about in a few minutes. They changed the ending completely. They reshot the entire end of the movie. Yeah, so, which is the the first thing I want to ask you about. Yeah, is it is it completely different? It's completely different from the okay. from the time. Uh, okay, there's a scene. I'm trying to say this in a way that's like completely avoiding any kind of spoilers. There's a scene where they go to a town. Mm-hmm. Yep. From that point, it's all new. And oh, okay. we'll start with you, Kevin. What are your thoughts on cooties? Uh, I did not like cooties. Didn't like it, and I'm kind of surprised. You know. It's pretty much going to sound like your version of Hellions to an extent. I like, I love the premise. Premise is great. Got a lot of good people in here too that I think, okay, I'm just going to sit down and have a good time. This is going to be fun. And it wasn't fun at all. I just, it was, it was uneventful for me and I just wanted it to be over. Well, yep. Uh, I kind of agree with you there. Now, my initial review, and there's a reason, normally when we review a movie in a festival at a festival rather um we will post the review during the festival and then when it comes out later we'll repost it we'll put it up again so that people can you know read it who maybe didn't want to to read it when it was at the festival or whatever i didn't repost my review for this one because uh on a rewatch i don't know if it was just that tacked on uh conclusion that final portion that they added but i had a completely different view of this movie uh after watching it again and i think that it is largely due to the to the end part because Mm. for me this movie starts off great i thought it was really funny even even rewatching it obviously it's been almost two years so i forgot a lot of the jokes but some of the jokes i still remembered i thought it was funny um and it just it's one of those movies where it just progressively loses you as it continues. Yeah. 
You know, it's yeah. it's I, for me, it starts off good. I thought it was funny. Uh, even when the the kids started getting infected and attacking people, I had a good time with it. And then it's like it overstays its welcome. Oh, sure it does. The, the comedy drops. You know, we talk about this a lot in action comedies where at some point the the one genre overtakes the other. Yeah. And in this case, it just stops being funny. Oh, and it takes over rather quickly. Yeah. And they, you know, there's a couple of jokes here and there in the beginning that I was like, okay, this, this is going to be kind of fun. But man, it just fucking drops off. And then we're just into straight zombie territory, really. But they're not really doing anything with zombies. You know, you have the kids, but the interactions with the kids are limited. There's not much going on there. Occasionally, once in a blue moon, they'll pop up and, you know, fend one off or kill one or whatever. But most of the time, it's just them sitting around trying to figure out what to do. And then you have the the forced nature of Elijah Wood with Rain Wilson and Allison Pill that, you know, love triangle, whatever the hell they're going for. Mm-hmm. That takes up so much of the goddamn movie. It's like, who can- I came for zombie children. I didn't come for Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson fighting over Allison Pill. That's not what I'm here for. I'll tell you what I wanted. I wanted more, more, more Lee Wano. I thought that he was hilarious in this, and he was my favorite yeah. character. <laughs> and I just wanted more character. of him. <laughs> Such an odd character in this yeah. movie. Yes. He was so bizarre. How to have normal conversations with people. <laughs> <laughs> he tries. He tries, but he fails. He fails constantly. And this is, you know, and then the shit hits the fan, and, you know, now everything's in his wheelhouse. Yep. But they still have issues with him. Yeah, I love the scene where he's like, I was wearing gloves. And they're like, no, you weren't. But again, they do the, like, okay, I call back jokes and having the same thing over and over again. And sticking with things a bit too long, you know, to make them funny. But Rain Will or Rain Wilson and his truck, real real. Oh Jesus Christ! They just kept coming back to it, and it was never fucking funny. Well, and that was like their only joke after a while. That's one it's thing. Like, yeah, that's hey, one. This is the one joke we have. Let's keep doing it. That's one thing that they added in. They added in the last one there because that was all part of the new the new stuff that they added. So they they must have. They watched it, which makes it even worse because that means that they watched it and they were like, we need more of that. Well, apparently... The current, the current cut we have right now, there's not enough of him struggling to say those three words together. I guess what happened was they they were on a limited budget and they, they shot the ending. It wasn't, according to the directors, it wasn't the specific ending they wanted but they just couldn't afford to do the one that they wanted. And when they got pit, they got picked up by Lionsgate. Lionsgate was like, Hey, can you maybe do a different ending? And they were like, yeah, we actually have uh, a few different endings that we were working with. And Lionsgate was like, okay, here's some money, you know, do it, do, do a different ending. And they, and, but it's not just an ending. It's there's so much. And it's, it feels tacked on to me. It feels like they're starting a sequel. And it's just like, oh my god! Like, there's a whole what other is, scene. There's a whole other set piece that they do. Yeah, but, but it's, it's like, what is same, happening here? It's just the same thing again. Yeah. Again, it's not adding anything. You're just cycling through what you already did a number of times beforehand. And it's like by that point, I'm checked out. I'm I'm done. Oh, definitely, definitely. 
But I will say, I thought that they did some interesting things. I think it was a lot smarter than maybe what it appears to be on the surface. There's there's a lot of satirical elements to this that I liked. I liked the fact that all the kids had ridiculous names like Patriot. <laughs> and they all, you know, they sat down in class and they all popped out their, their Ritalin and their Adderall. And, you know, it, it gets into the whole school lunch system and our processed foods and stuff like that. So it, it I think that it does touch on a number of issues that I, I thought was done in a, in a funny way. Mm. Mm. No, it didn't work. I just, I, yeah, it didn't work for me on any level. I just wanted it to be over. The kid's name was Patriot, though. Yeah, but that happened how early? I was like, ah! <laughs> and then just straight silence the rest of the movie where I'm just like, okay, how much do we have left? How much do we have left here? And when Rain Wilson called him, called Elijah Wood a hobbit, I thought, ah, that's kind of clever. Yeah, that was funny. Ah. And then I just kept thinking, like, when are you, are you going to get funny at some point? Is that going to happen? Yeah, I think, I think that. Are we going to kill kids and at least do that in a funny way? No, not really. This is, this is what happens in horror comedies. I think horror comedies are difficult, are difficult to make because too often you end up with something that's not really scary and not really funny. You know, (laughs) it's, it's like, it's like Shaun of the Dead. Nailed it. They they figured out, Edgar Wright figured out the best way to make a horror comedy. And I feel like everybody since then has been trying to mimic that. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because most of the time you just forget to be funny. Yeah. Yep. And then, and you can tell that, you know, the comedy dies off and they kind of go for the straight, like we have to survive the, the zombies and everything. But they don't even make a good zombie movie either. It's not that interesting. They make a decent movie of people sitting in a place waiting for something to happen. I Mm -hmm. guess they do an okay job of that. It's it's serviceable in that arena, but everything else is just... Well, the stakes stakes never really feel that high either. They're being terrorized by these kids, but to me, it never feels like they're in any serious danger because and this is this is a spoiler but it's not a big deal none of them die none of them i mean you think that rain wilson died and in the original cut he did but yeah but you know the none of them die they all they all make it through and i think maybe if you if you killed some of the characters off that might raise the stakes a bit might make things a little bit more tension-filled yeah. Also, the the Asian janitor dies yeah, in the original but, cut too. Well, and then the, you know when he shows up, it's just well, he he's just silly and none. And, and yeah, also, they just keep they keep like you know they add things to try and freshen things up, but they just don't work. Also, um, Jorge Garcia's character. What what was the point of mm-hmm. his character? Because they don't do anything with him. It's just no. they periodically cut to him freaking out. Yeah, and he talks to a giraffe at one point. Yeah, which is stupid. Yeah, it's just, uh, <sighs> fuck you, cooties. I do. I love the intro when they're they're showing the the chickens being prepared. Yeah, that was disgusting. And the title card coming up. I, I liked that. I thought that was that was, that was better. That was better and more disturbing than anything else in the movie. 
Yeah, I agree. Honestly, for, for me, for me, this is just one of those movies that starts off really strong and just fizzles out, and then because it has such a weak end, it's it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Kate Flannery shows up again. I'm like, oh fuck, she's the principal, but she's not. Nope, nope, she's she not wasn't. the principal this time. But it was a it was a school based movie though, so <laughs> it's pretty close. And I wonder if they like. They're like, we're going to have you be the principal. And she, you know, she was like, I'll do the movie, but I cannot be the principal. <laughs> Not again. I see what's happening here. It. I'm being typecast. I have to avoid this. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Will you be the mother? <sighs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> All right. Cooties, my original review. <laughs> I gave this a 7 out of 10. <laughs> I'm I'm amending that that score and I'm within my right to do so because they changed it. They changed a significant portion of it and I'm I'm going to still just on principle I'm still going to give it a 6. Okay. However, if I was rating this like fresh out of the gate, I'd probably give it a lower score, but I'll give it a 6 whatever. <laughs> I thought it started off strong. I did laugh at the beginning. I think I, I think everything before the the zombie kids. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I just I wish that this was just a movie about uh, uh, an eclectic group of teachers at summer school. Yeah, <laughs> and not a horror movie think, at all. Yeah, I think it would work better that way. <laughs> oh, I give it a three. Three out of ten. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Cooties is in limited release and on video on demand right now, so you could check it out. If if you want i didn't look to see what other people are giving this but i think they're rating it higher than hellions oh i'm sure they are which i don't understand a lot of people really dig the horror comedies and and for me having seen so many of them but to me again it's just, it's just one of those things it's just it's so safe and redundant i mean you're just not really trying anything here you're like what the fuck is the point of making it in the first place yeah, I agree. Get out of get out of here. Get, get out, out of here, here with that. Come on. If, you, if you're not going to be creative, then what the fuck are you doing? Come on. Get the fuck out. Well, I got I ain't got time for this shit. Speaking of horror comedies, let's go ahead and segue into our watch list here. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot this week, but I did see the Final Girls. Oh, you finally got to see the right one. The right one. Yes, I I went to a screening of that this week, and uh, interestingly. Uh, this is a horror comedy, and I actually liked it quite a bit. Quite a is bit. It's actually funny at points. It is. It's it's pretty funny consistently throughout. So the 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 premise of this is um the there's the, the main character, her mom was kind of a screen queen. She was famous for being in this one uh bad slasher movie from the eighties, basically fr- uh Friday the thirteenth. The, the the killer looks like Jason. It takes place at a summer camp. It's pretty much riffing off of Friday the 13th. So uh, her mom gets killed in a car accident. And on the anniversary of her death a year later, she goes to she agrees to go to this screening of the this movie. I think it's called like Camp Bloodbath or something. Yeah. And through what happens is a, a fire breaks out in the theater and her and her friends end up going, trying to escape through an emergency exit behind the movie uh, screen. 
And what happens is, for some reason, they end up getting sucked into the movie itself. So they get sucked into this cheesy 80s slasher movie. And the mechanics of how all of this stuff works is awesome. It's incredibly unique. And it's sort of like, I don't know, I would kind of compare it to uh, Pleasantville, you know, where they get sucked into the 50s TV show or uh, Last Action Hero. But an 80s slasher movie so it's really fun really a fun movie it's pg-13 so it's it's light on the gore and stuff like that but a lot of the stuff that they do in this is really funny like they'll trip over the the credits like the the actual on-screen credits will show up in physical form (laughs) where they're at so they have to kind of hop over them and stuff and whenever the killer is ready to appear you can hear the like they can actually hear it happening and there's a scene in the in the movie the movie that they're in where uh, Molly Ackerman plays the mom there's a scene where she's telling a story about the kind of the origin of this killer and it flashes back to the 50s and it turns black and white and when that happens, the effect that they use is really funny. It's like all of a sudden this like kind of goo starts appearing, you know, when, when everything goes blurry during the uh, the flashback scene. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they turn black and white. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it is, see, this sounds, this sounds fun. It's a, it, it is. And the, it's got a great cast. It's got the... Uh, I can't I don't know how to pronounce her name. Tysa Farmiga. Vera Farmiga's niece. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Malin Ackerman, as I mentioned, uh, Elias Shawcat from um, Arrested Development's in it. She's really funny. Uh, Thomas Middle- Middleditch from um, Silicon Valley's in it, and he's really funny. And uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics, and he's hilarious in it. He, he basically plays the same character he plays in Workaholics. Uh, but yeah, really funny. I had a great time with this movie. I don't have a full review up yet. It doesn't come out till November or no, October 8th, I think, but it is hitting VOD. So maybe we'll do a full review for this when it comes out. Yeah. Cause that sounds fun. Yeah. I think you'll have a good time with it. It's silly. It's, it's not to be taken seriously. I like silly. I like to have a good time. Just be silly sometimes. Good old time. Just being silly. Yeah. Uh, I watched a, a weird one that this is actually for free. It's on Vimeo, and it's one of those like unearthed, getting a second wind type kind of things going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called uh, Possibly in Michigan from 1983, Cecilia Condit. Uh, it's a short film. It's only 11 minutes, and it is it's uh it's fucking weird. Um, it's like an opera, but it's about cannibalism, and it takes place in a mall. Okay, all and right. It's, and it's centered around violence and perfume. I'm on board. Uh, it's kind of, it's like feminist video project. It's got, I mean, it's it's hyper VHS, you know, it's it's VHS all the way. Still on board. Uh, it's got very odd music. They, all the dialogues in this bizarre sing song, like almost like a musical opera type thing where they're, they're kind of singing it, but they're still like speaking. They're just speaking melodically. And it's just, it's bizarre. There's creepy mask work going on. They're being, it's two women being stalked by this guy. And it's just, it's something else. It's an experience. Hmm. And it's one of those things. That, and this is what I love about the internet is when, you know, when these, when these kind of things get like 
a second life and they get discovered some by someone and then it kind of goes viral a little bit yeah like roar yeah and then you get to you get to see it and you're just like oh my god yes yes please i want more of this and it's only 11 minutes but it's just and it's something um and someone on letterbox kind of nailed this it has that adult swim feel to it Mm -hmm. like you think it's going to go that route and it's just going to get bizarre and batshit which it kind of does but it's not that it's proto adult swim Mm -hmm. okay that whole feel that whole aesthetic and everything it's just it's uh i highly recommend it so it's like too many cooks before too many cooks yes and no like the look of it and the feel of it but it never goes that route you know a hundred percent it just the things get a little bit quirky and kind of silly and funny but not full-on you know absurdism comedy Hmm, okay interesting and that's uh on vimeo you said yeah just look up possibly in michigan Possibly in Michigan on Vimeo. You can Check watch that, that out. You can watch that shit for free. Eleven minutes short. Do it. Why not? I saw one that I don't recommend called The Game Changers. This is actually a TV movie. It aired on the B on BBC Two this this week. This is uh, it stars Daniel Radcliffe and Bill Paxton, and it's okay. and it's about Rockstar Games and Grand Theft Auto. Uh, so I was kind of interested. That's odd. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I'm curious to know about this. So Daniel Radcliffe plays the the owner of Rockstar Games and the creator of the Grand Theft Auto series. And it's kind of about him and it's about Bill Paxton who plays this uh, conservative Florida lawyer who tries to sue Rockstar and bring up this big class action suit against them and stuff and and the, the troubles that he has and the harassment that he gets from it and and the it's it's bad it's just bad i'm not going to bother talking about it any further cuz it's it feels like a lifetime movie it looks like shit it the dialogue is atrocious apparently the the creators of this never even approached rockstar games to find out you know the, the real story so i'm assuming what, what, that what, what's the point then yeah i'm assuming that large portions of this have been either embellished or just are not true at all what the fuck yeah Why? it's it's kind of ridiculous I, I i would liken it to you know one of those lifetime full house exposed you know the the unofficial story of full house i would i would liken it to one of those and it was Holy crap. It's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible movie. The Game Changers. Don't, don't avoid, avoid. Even if you're a fan of, I like the Grand Theft Auto series, and even that, I was like, nope, nope. But it it sucks. It sucks. If you like the game, would you like to see a made up history of behind the scenes? Yeah, it sucks because I'm actually interested in knowing the real story behind it because there is a lot of controversy there and, and there is a lot of, probably really interesting things that happen behind the scenes but you know with this it's like you don't even know what you're seeing is if if it really happened that way or what because yeah it was just it was ridiculous i'm sorry it's just all hearsay yeah Jeez. all right uh another thing that i did on vimeo because it was for free free stuff is fucking awesome uh i went on a jody mac marathon uh jody mac is a animator 
experimental animator, mostly working with like patterns and such, like fabrics and whatnots, plaids and stripes and paisleys. And yeah, I saw this on your letterbox list. I fucking want ape shit because they're all free and they're all like two minutes. Just have at it, going for it. And it would what kicked it off was uh, something that she did in uh, 20, 2013, I think, um, called "Let Your Light Shine," which was this like experimental animation type with uh she kind of used 3d in a very inventive way and it was recently converted to vimeo which it's not 100 percent 3d but the conversion you kind of get the feel of what it would be like to see it in 3d it's a, you know like a close approximation of it so that was that's what interested me i wanted to see you know how how does this look and it looks it looks amazing it's simplistic. It's just, you know, simple shapes and stuff and everything is going on and everything's kind of refracted and, and uh, it gets very crazy to the point where it just kind of melts your eyeballs and it's too much. I couldn't handle it. And I ended up getting a migraine Thursday. So I don't know if that played a part. Might have. Probably did. So be, be careful. Be careful when you do this, if you choose to do it. But then, you know, I just went through a whole bunch of them and they're just, there's something, you know, some of obviously better than others a lot of them are just you know we're just cycling through uh patterns like the the one called rad plaid is you have it's just stripes you know one shot stripes horizontal one shot stripes are vertical through the frame and then she just cuts it quickly that it looks like plaid mm. and you can't tell so she you know creates patterns out of that there's one that it's like every single thing of paisleys you've ever seen in your entire life which i didn't know that there was that fucking many just cycling through them as fast as possible and they're they're kind of mesmerizing in a way if you like the patterns if not you're gonna hate it obviously but then, but then again you know two minutes three minutes sounds like a collection of screensavers uh she actually does have screensavers on there on her Vimeo channel, so you can check those out if you want. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there's just so much. Uh, and she has the two, like, longer form. I think there's one that's, like, 27 minutes uh, called Yard Work. It's hard work. And then there's one that I've been wanting, to, I've been dying to see. It's called Dusty Stacks with Mom, which I think is, like, 40, like 40 minutes, which is a more, like, um, I think a more personal, but she uses kind of the same stylings. Like a lot of these that I watch, you get the sense that they're kind of like experiments just to see how it looks. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, tinkering with things. Yeah. And then there's one like August song, which is a bit longer, like five minutes, where she kind of uses these bits and these experiments into an actual like short film type thing where it's like a cat, but the cat's in silhouette and it's the cycling of patterns over the cat and stuff. Mm. So it, it does... She is able to translate it to into something else and make it work. Okay. And that's the short films of Jody Mack. You can see, you can watch all those on Vimeo for free. You can, yeah, you can watch a lot of them. And there's a lot of them on Fandor as well, if you have that. Okay, cool. Uh, the only other one that, that I saw that you also saw this week was Embers. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, what was the, it premiered at a festival this week at, I know, and I can't remember the name of that festival. <laughs> I can't remember the damn festival, damn it. <laughs> There's too many festivals. I, I get overwhelmed uh, with festivals here. But, uh, so this is a, it's a sci-fi movie. I'd say it's a, 
It's kind of it's a, a good. it's a light sci-fi movie, but it's it's less about the sci-fi, more about kind of the the people that are in this. So the the premise is that there's some sort of virus that plagues the earth, causing anyone who's infected to lose their short-term and long-term memory. So basically, earth is populated by people who have no idea <laughs> who they are, how they got there, what's going on. And immediately to me, that was like, man, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to find out how everything works. It raises so many questions. You know, there, there are so many hypotheticals that you come yeah. up with when you hear that, right. you know, like what happens to the infrastructure, what happens to couples, you know, in their relationships. And this movie kind of tries to touch on all of those things. And, I think it does it pretty well. I was uh, I, I, certainly some of the characters I liked more than others, and found them to be more interesting. Um, and, and some of them are definitely more developed or explored a little bit more than others. Yeah, yeah. I liked the 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 one, and it looked great too. Holy shit! Oh, the, this... Yeah, the visual style of it looks it looks fantastic. I mean, this is a high polish debut. Yeah, this movie looks fantastic. Even I was so surprised because this is a a, lo, a relatively low budget movie. I don't know what the exact budget is. It was a Kickstarter. Actually, we we plugged this on our Kickstart Sunday feature a long time ago, and the the scene with the the girl that's in the bunker when they cut to that for the first time, I was like, holy shit! This this looks like a really highly polished uh, like sci-fi movie. I was yeah, I was for, surprised with that those portions and every yeah everything in the in those bunker I mean the production design I mean it looks like it almost yeah it almost looks like ex machina that the yeah. the bunker that they're in and I thought that the the girl I think her I think the actress's name is Greta Fernandez I think that's her she she did a fantastic job I was really kind of blown away with her with her performance in that. Yeah, it's just unfortunate because there's like a half of this movie's really, really good. There's, I mean, it's extremely interesting. It's very engaging. It's intriguing. And then there's another part of it that's just not developed really at all. And it's essentially superfluous. And they could have just cut out a lot. Yeah. It would have been such a better experience. It's almost as if they were like, oh, we want to try to encapsulate every type of person. And how yeah, this and it, how I this would affect just, every type of person. And I think they just they're trying to cover too much. Yeah. In this in this period of time. I, I could have done without the the chaos character, the the young guy who's just tearing Correct. shit up. Uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's kind of what I was getting to. He just didn't see because there's one thing that happens to him that it's like okay, that's kind of an interesting Vic- thing to to to, yeah. to explore. You know that the the kind of the positives of what can happen yeah. with this not being able to create memories but and then again after that happens it's just back to him destroying things yeah yeah but it's it's very uh it's a really kind of contemplative movie it, it it raises it generates conversations and i like movies that do that where you're yeah. you talk about what the world would be like if something like this happened and the things that you would have to do, you you would have to kind of do. And, 
you know, the I, I liked the story of the couple, Jason Ritter and uh, Eva Gucheva. I think that's oh, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. couple. I I liked their story. Uh, I thought maybe we spent a little bit too much time with them, but I like the fact that you know what what would happen if you split apart. You would just forget. You know. You, yeah. And and for all we know, the one one of the things I was thinking about was you know how many times have they gone through this before? Yeah. And they just don't even know. So I don't know. It's it's a really really interesting movie. Yeah, very interesting premise. Just unfortunately, they, I don't. I just don't think that they explored enough. They yeah. spent too much time in other areas where it just kind of stalls out on them, and they just keep going, keep going. It's also interesting to see the the kid's story. I thought that the kid, while his story wasn't the most interesting, I thought that it was interesting to think about what life would be like for a, a kid in that situation because. The girl was in the bunker for nine years. Yeah. So we can assume that this has been happening for at least nine years. That kid is not, he's probably, he's probably yeah. nine years old, you know? So he probably grew up with this disease or virus and, or whatever. You know, and they have, they have little clues there because, you know, it seems to be affecting him a bit differently than others. Yeah. It's because it seems like he's able to make memories. It seems like it. Yeah. But I don't know. But, but at the same time, no one was able to teach him how to talk. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't really interact with anyone. Yeah. So just an interesting movie. Keep an eye out for it. I don't know when it's going to be coming out. I'm sure it's going to have a festival run. I would say if you are into movies that are just kind of more more subdued, a lot of I mean, it's basically just talking. It's just conversations. Not yeah. not a lot of high octane sci-fi action or anything no no but very strong visuals it's called embers so keep keep an eye out for that that's all i have this week i have one more and that is the winds that scatter from uh christopher jason bell this was this was um a movie i've been looking forward to for a while micro budget american indie uh it came i can't remember the exact day wednesday i think maybe tuesday Either way, the time has passed, so you missed it. Um, it was uh, a one-day window where it was on the playlist for free that you could stream it. So I was able to fit it into my into my schedule. I was able to get it in there. And this is um, a hyper-realism, very micro-budget. Uh, it centers around uh, an immigrant from Syria that essentially is just looking for work in America. Like, he has a job at a gas station. He loses that because the guy rips him off. Then he's trying to look for a job in this area. And he's trying to look at a job for this area. And it's just him struggling through and him trying to, you know, make money. He ends up losing his apartment. He has to move in with a friend. A lot of, it's just, it's very small in scope. But at the same time, it packs so much into the relative smallness of, you know, the scale of this. Because, like I said, it's just him really looking for work. And if it, if that's not bad enough, he has to deal with, you know, he has friends and family that are still in Syria. So he's, you know, worrying about them 24-7. And then he's trying to find time to also, you know, go to the United Nations and protest and everything and try and bring attention to what's going on. And there's just, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of heart. There's a lot of emotion in it. And it's just one of those, you know, it's a, a sincere portrait, which also given the time frame 
of where we're at right now, it's a very timely movie. And it's essentially just like a, like, you know, uh, how do I want to say this? Kind of like a cinematic version of, you know, walk a mile in this person's shoes. Uh uh So you just get to see what they're going through. And you can just kind of imagine how difficult that would be. You know, looking for a job's hard enough when the economy is not that great in America. But imagine everyone that you know and love is back in a country that's being destroyed. Yeah. From two different forces and no one gives a shit, essentially. Hmm. Even though Assad's a, you know, terrible, terrible person. Right. And the nation's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So keep an eye out for this one. Because I have a feeling that it's probably going to start making some festival runs and hopefully at some point in time it gets gets put out there and what was the name of that one again it's called the winds that scatter the winds that scatter so keep an eye out for that one all right let's uh let's go ahead and move on to some predictions last week black mass i said 62 you said 48 actual 76 really yeah we have a review for this up on the site blake reviewed this for us and he gave it a six out of ten i believe and because I I sent out a tweet that you favored it. Yeah, and it, I was gonna. Re- is, and it's and it's this movie. Okay? I was gonna reply to this, and, and when it was this movie and the Danish girl as well. But I was listening. I think it was NPR, and they were talking about Johnny Depp in this movie, and they were just like, he just disappears into his role, his character. You can't even tell it's Johnny Depp. The makeup, his hair, and I'm thinking that's not Johnny Depp. Like Johnny Depp has nothing to do with that. Exactly. That's someone else. That's not him doing a transformation. That's someone else doing it for him. Yeah. It, just, it, it irritates the shit out of me. It is infuriating when you see that type of stuff because it's like And they play He didn't you know, do his own tie, makeup, people. Yeah, he and they tie the worst part is they tie that into like his performance where it's like it's his best. Which, you know, it might be. He might do a great job on his end of things with accents and whatnot. But the makeup and the hair, that's not him. That has that's he has nothing to do with that. Okay? He didn't design it, he didn't execute it. That's not him. Okay? Yep. It shit just irritates me. No, it it definitely irritates me too. I I hate how it's like the only the person in front of the camera gets the credit for that type of stuff. Yeah. There's, I just yeah, I, I mean why. That's I think that that's common sense. I think that's part of a, a larger problem in Hollywood these days where a lot of people just don't get credit for things. You know, the, you, the director gets a lot of credit for a lot of things that, you know, he, did, he and, or and she didn't have, have anything to do with. And, and then you have Eddie Redmayne and Danish Girl on that. You know, that's, oh my God, look at, look at how he transforms into his character. It's like you have top-notch professionals doing hair and makeup and costume for this guy. I bet you any money I could walk in there and they could make me look like a gorgeous woman. Hmm. That's how good they are at their jobs. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree with you there. Maze runner. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the Scorch Trials. I said 62. You said 58. Uh, actual on this one was 49. Oh, scorched. The Scorch Trials got scorched. <laughs> I want to read every review for that to see if anyone tries that. Tries to work in a Oh, probably. That. Pe- uh, what's his name? Peter Travers. Probably. 
<laughs> oh no, that well, that's not positive. He he would probably try to spin it in a positive way to get to get on the. Is it, does anyone read Peter Travers? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think at this point he doesn't even write reviews. I think he just writes pull quotes and submits them. I hate that. More than likely. Uh, Everest. I said sixty-four. You said sixty-eight. Actual seventy-two on that one. Still don't really care about it. Still don't care to see it. Actually, <laughs> either. I don't. I don't know why. I just nah. Just don't. Uh, Sicario. I said seventy-eight. You said sixty-four. Actual eighty-eight. Ooh. Yeah. So I was supposed to see Sicario earlier this week, but it turned out that my the the screen I double booked screenings, <laughs> so oh, I had to. What did you double book it with? The Final Girls. Okay. And so I, you chose. Yeah, and I chose the final girls because uh, Sicario came out oh, in that's true. in theaters on Friday. So I was like, oh, whatever. I'll I'll see the one. You still have a chance. Yeah. So I, I might actually go check that one out. I was gonna try to go see it yesterday. Didn't get a chance. I, I might try to pop in and see it today. I'm still pretty excited to check that one out. So next week we have Hotel Transylvania two. What are you thinking Why? on this one? Why did we have that? I don't know. I did not like the first one. I'm going to say 36. All right. Uh, I'll say... I think the first one was was not too poorly received. I did not like it at all. Uh, I'll say... I'll say 52 on that one. And we also have the Green Inferno. This is the Eli Roth one that was supposed to come out like 10 years ago. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm more excited about this one than the Knock Knock, which I my review hasn't published for that one yet. But woof. Yeah, I, re- I remember you not liking that one. That's the one with the Keanu Reeves. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Green Inferno. I will say, I'll say 56 on that one. Okay, I'm gonna go with 50, straight down the middle. I'm curious to see his take on the on the the cannibal films of the 70s. And I heard that there's no no actual animal killing in them because that was like the one thing about those cannibal films in the seventies. They always featured real animal death, and that was always like a big turnoff for me on those movies. Just couldn't get behind that. Yeah. In limited release next week, we have Ninety Nine Homes, which is the Andrew Garfield one. Yeah. He's... Yeah. With yeah, I'm excited for this one, Michael Shannon. Um. Um. Sort of excited, isn't it? Like he's Barbara. getting, he's getting evicted, and then he ends up taking a job where he evicts other people. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's more, more to it than that. But <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, so I have Ashby. Okay, never heard of that. I think Mickey Rourke's in it, and that means that it's not good. And uh, Emma Roberts, I think maybe. I could yeah. be wrong about that. Finders Keepers, that's the documentary about the guy who buys the grill and finds a severed arm in it or a hand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it seems kind of interesting. I think we, we backed this one on uh our Kickstart Sunday feature as well. So Oh, okay. Mississippi Grind, that's the the casino, the gambling yeah. one. Ryan Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds fucking Bowden. Fucking Bowden. That has a very high score right now on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't. I'm not sure about that one. Looks. It looks like it could be interesting. Uh, the Keeping Room. That's the western with Haley Steinfeld and Britt Marling. Yeah. I'm uh, so excited for this one. Yeah, we'll probably be reviewing that one next week. 
Stonewall, that's the Roland Emmerich one about the Stonewall riots here in New York. Interesting. It's interesting that Roland Emmerich yeah. is doing that one, yes. I'm just, I'm just kind of surprised that some, had someone allowed that to happen. Yeah. They let him do that. I don't... I, I think that that... I don't know. It's a, I think that that is a, a movie that should come out, but Roland yeah, Emmerich? Yeah. Roland Emmerich? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I, it doesn't doesn't really fit. I don't think there's going to be a lot of explosions in that one, but who knows? Maybe he'll throw some in there for good measure. Uh, pay the ghost. I'm actually not sure what that one is. And ghost. just pay, pay that ghost. Pay him up. Ghost payments. We we posted a trailer on the site earlier this week. There's a film that played at TIFF, I believe, that is about a a girl who contracts an STD from a ghost after she has sex with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want to see it. Uh, it looks it looks awesome. I can't oh, remember the name of it. It's called something Lace. Let me let me just look at that so I can plug it real quick. It's called. Yeah, what is that called? Damn it. I lost it. It's it's off the it's off the front page. It's, uh, Lace Crater. It's called. Looks interesting. It looks kind of. It looks like there's some comedy in it, but it it also looks like it's got some kind of body horror elements to it. I'm I'm into I would it. Imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. I'm into it. Uh, all right. Where are we at here? Also, Drunk Stoned Brilliant Dead, the National Lampoon documentary, is coming out in limited release. I'd recommend checking that one out if you're if you're into the National Lampoon or or want to know more about the history of the magazine. It's it's pretty funny too. On VOD next week, got a bunch of stuff. We got the Primary Instinct, which is the uh, that's the documentary. The dude from Slash Film uh, directed it. It's a documentary about um, God damn it! Why do I always forget his name? Very famous, big big character actor. What what's the what's the name of the movie? The Primary Instinct. Stephen Tobolowski. Oh, okay. Yes, Stephen Tobolowski. It's kind of uh, him. It's a documentary. He does this kind of story storytelling podcast that Slash Film put out uh, called The Tobolowski Files, where he just kind of tells stories about his his time and being a working actor in Hollywood. looks It looks pretty interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll listen to I'll listen to him tell stories. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a really good storyteller. He's like, yeah, I like him. Uh, we also have By Blood. I don't know anything about that. Pay the Ghost. Don't know anything about that. Unbranded. I, uh, I think that might be a documentary, but I'm not sure. It sounds like a documentary about branding. <laughs> branding and unbranding. <laughs> uh, Drunk Stone, Brilliant Dead, Ashby, Wildlike, and Misunderstood. Oh my goodness. So not not a great lineup. I would definitely check out the the National Lampoon one. The other ones seem a little meh to me. Yeah, yeah. But it's just you. Everything that you said just recently was is like what I imagine. It's it was just beige. Yeah. All the words that came out of your mouth were just beige. You you already forgot. Be honest. You you already forgot no, every single yeah, title no, I, I just said. I, I zone out every time that we do this. Yeah. Because all the they're so generic. The titles are so generic. It's just a list of generic titles. I'm just the eyes cross over, 
and yeah. I just don't know what's happening. That's why most of the time I'm like, what's the, what's the, what are you talking about? What's the <laughs> name of the show? Because I already forgot it. Yeah, yeah. Next week on Blu-ray, we have Pitch Perfect 2. We have uh, Antitrust from 2001 is getting a Blu-ray release. Yes. Hell yeah. Waiting for that one. Rocky Horror Picture Show is getting a a release. I'm assuming that that already had a Blu-ray release. It seems like one that would, but maybe not. Maybe it's coming out for the first time on Blu-ray. Maybe. Deuce is Wild from 2002. Oh, God, I remember that movie. That was terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible movie. Uh, Saint Laurent. Nice. French mm. is so good. Yeah. <laughs> At least I didn't say Saint Laurent. Uh, let's see. A bunch of anime stuff is coming out. One of them is called Tokyo Ghoul. I'm actually interested in that one. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm not seeing a whole lot of other other releases of note coming out next week yeah i have three criterions yeah three of them two of them are bruce beersford which i have never heard of him but uh his 1980 breaker morant which is coming to hulu plus as well as dvd blu-ray and uh as of right now you can actually watch that on movie i think there's like five days left of that on there and then his other movie from 1990 mr johnson both apparently seem to uh, deal with colonialism. So there you go. Rip and roaring the, good time. Yeah. And then the other one, uh, probably more well-known, is uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, great cover. Get me old, get me old Blu-ray. Which, one second, bear with me. I just want to see. I didn't get a chance to take a look at the, uh, the special features on this bad boy. So if you can just wait 45 minutes while Chrome loads it up. <laughs> Just kind of fucking hit. let me hand crank this some bitch real quick. Uh, get there. Yeah, it's not happening. We can just move on. Moonrise Kingdom on the Blu-rays. I will the Criterion get that. I'll mention that Mannequin Two also comes out on, on Blu-ray. Criterion. <laughs> not Criterion, no, not yet at least. Not yet. There's but... gonna be. Mark my words. There's going to be a day where there's going to be a reappraisal of Mannequin and Mannequin Two, and they're going to be. They're going to be well-loved. They're going to be bastions of cinephilia, and you're going to see them come out on Criterion. Well, you know that happens. On so. double platinum mini, like, they're going to be called platinum disc, I think. And they're and going to be like the size of a quarter. I'll, I'm right, right anxiously down. awaiting for the platinum release of Mannequin 2 on the move from it's Criterion. Gonna be, it's going to be a double, a double batch. I'm telling you. Look for it in, like... 2054. Nice. If I'm still alive and have the wherewithal to buy platinum discs, then I will definitely do so. Fuck yeah. Alright, I think that that's gonna do it for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter, at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at FilmPulse.net. And please take a look at at our Patreon page. That's at Patreon.com slash FilmPulse. We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson, and we will see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.